Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brian and Dylan Take on the World, the official podcast of Wicked Good Everything. Today we are talking about Superman. We break down the new episode of Krypton and also American Alien by Max Landis, as well as just discuss the character in general. Before I go, make sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us by searching Wicked Good Everything, where we have news updates as well as gaming streams. Without further ado, here is Brian and Dylan Take on the World. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to <laughs> Brian and Dylan's Take on the World. Uh, thanks for that intro, Fat Albert. Brian, nice to talk to you, buddy. We're, 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 it's been another week since we really jumped on the mic, so it's refreshing to hear your voice. Absolutely, man. I'm so pumped to be talking about Superman, all things Superman in this episode. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for this. So we've kind of come up with like a new show idea where once every blue moon... Idea, went, if I must yeah, say. Well, Thank you, thank you. I didn't come when, up with it, so it's legit. <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever like a superhero is going to be relevant, uh, so right now it's sort of Superman because the TV show Krypton just came out this past week. We're going to be doing what's going to be called a superhero spotlight, and so today just happens to be the Superman superhero spotlight. So we will be jumping into Superman later on. We'll also be reviewing Krypton, the TV show yeah, episode the first one. Episode. Which is getting yep. a lot of flack. It, I, yeah. I mean, it's all. It also was was posterized everywhere. Like I've seen it everywhere, mm-hmm. and especially for a sci-fi show, that's that's kind of crazy because sci-fi is like a B-list TV network. I mean, they yeah. put out some good stuff, but it, like obviously, like they're not up there with like ABC, AMC, and like HBO. I think um, it's funny too because we both, when talking about watching it, just assumed this was on CW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up until like three hours ago, we thought this was on CW. Yeah, so that was really so, surprising. So we'll be reviewing that later on. Uh, we're also going to finally review American Alien, the graphic novel about Superman, which we have been talking about, which like almost kind of inspired this whole podcast. Exactly. So we'll we'll finally be reviewing that later on. Uh, but first, I mean, let's just do it since we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Let's just jump in right into the news. Let's do it. So it was announced this past week that Indiana Jones 5 is officially confirmed and will officially begin filming next summer, in summer 2019. So Harrison Ford will be 77, (laughs) which is older than my grandfather at this point. And I can safely say that my grandfather would not make a good Indiana Jones. Right. He's old enough and he's about 12 years younger than Harrison Ford. (laughs) So I don't know what he's eating up in LA, but the fact that he's going to be able to do this in a year, and I thought he was looking a little old two years ago when Force Awakens mm. came out. And, Pretty impressive. Uh, in the fight scenes of um, Blade Runner. Yep. It's kind of like, look, come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, he looks good for 77 mm. or 76 right now. I can't believe he's that old, to be honest and honest with you. Yeah, it's kind of uh, sad. I mean, I'm all for it. I was all for the whole like reboot thing. Mm. I didn't fully mind i mean this was also 10 years ago but i didn't really mind the whole shia labeouf as his son thing because back then shia labeouf wasn't batshit crazy like he is now <laughs> at uh, least not but, publicly right no and then i was all aboard the whole like chris chris pratt or like bradley cooper or something mm-hmm. like that taking over the indiana jones mantle almost making it like a james bond franchise where maybe right. we get a different indiana jones every now and then mm-hmm. i mean harrison ford is indiana jones he will always like epitomize who indiana jones is mm-hmm. But the, I, I just really can't, I can't believe 
they're going to be taking a 70, 70 year old man and having him do what he's doing. Cause even in like kingdom of the crystal soul, crystal soul skull, excuse me, that came out 10 years ago. It's been 10 little... years already. That's yeah. wild. So it's been 10 years. And even back then I was like, Oh, well he's kind of getting a little old for this role. Yeah. And that's back when he was 66. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, God bless him. Harrison, Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg are both confirmed. Spielberg obviously will be directing this. Mm. So it's nice that, you know, they're keeping the band together, I guess. I'm just really, really curious of, one, how they're going to portray him being a geriatric old person. Um, Probably not. They're probably just going to have him be exactly like he is in the other movies, but maybe like one line where he's like, getting getting pretty old. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I'm I'm curious. And also, I'm assuming like they have to jump forward a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe like Vietnam era or something like that, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're still... Cold War since they were kind of like in the beginning of the Cold War in right. uh, Crystal Skull. So I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to go see it without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us who grew up with Indiana Jones are like, well, I'm going to see it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I will be seeing it. <laughs> I trust anything with Steven Spielberg, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And Harrison Ford is one of like my childhood heroes. So I am I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm just not sure how the hell they're going to pull it off or like what kind of storyline they're going to go with because I can't imagine Harrison Ford whipping his whip on like on a pillar and just swinging across an open gap without like fracturing his hip or something like that. Right, right. I mean, didn't he like I don't know, but didn't he get hurt on Force Awakens set? Yeah, like the Millennium Falcon like door closed on okay, his leg. Okay, that's not his fault then. No, but I mean, if anyone, if any 77 year old could play this role, it's only Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If any 77 year old could pull off being an action star still, it's Harrison right. Ford. Yeah. And like him I said, I'm uh, Sly Stallone because he's, yeah, he's steroids he, for I mean, breakfast. he looks like a, like a walking poop. Just the way he's built. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, it's just, I mean, they're just pulling it off. Harrison Ford. I can't believe he's 77 to be honest. With you. I mean, like he said, yeah. he looks old. He, 77 is insane. Right. Uh, but one thing I did learn when you're reading the story is that there's a Bob Burgers movie coming out. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, Some I mean, real we're, breaking we're getting, news. We're getting Indiana Jones 5 and Bob Burgers in the same summer. So that's going to be a hell of a summer. It's going to be good. <laughs> so <laughs> moving on to our next story uh, to stay relevant with just our obsession with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. AMC will be running a 12-movie marathon starting April 25th to play into the Avengers Infinity War. Right, so I was surprised that you just informed me, so I'm still shook. Uh, this is not going to be all the movies. It's just going to be yeah. 12. This is going to be 12. I assume, like you, it was just going to play mm. in order of how they came out and right. then lead into Infinity War. But in the order they're going to play in the 12, go Iron Man 1, Incredible Hulk, mm. Thor, the first Captain America, uh, the very first Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, mm. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, and then Black Panther, which will be the final movie to lead into Avengers Infinity War. So even though, even only though it's only the 12 movies, that's still 31 hours of movies, which is that's nuts. I've never done anything in my life for 31 hours. No, you got to sleep and you got to sleep on like uncomfortable movie chairs and like, the idea is really fun, but I don't think the execution would be that fun. No, it seems it seems like hell, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, it's, 
I'm not a big like public pooper either. If I don't have to poop in a public restroom, I choose not to. Right. Uh, so the fact that I'm going to be locked in a movie theater for 31 hours, terrible. It just sounds awful. <laughs> like I, I'll just do this at home since I own yeah. all these movies anyway. That's a good point too. And then you can like make your own food, not die from theater food after 31 hours. Yeah, and if say after like hour eighteen when we're getting on to Doctor Strange, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a nap right. in my bed, not have to worry somebody pickpocketing me. <laughs> right, there's that too. You know, sleeping with all these strangers around you. The one plus of sitting through 31 hours of movies is that you get to see Avengers: Infinity War an hour earlier than everybody else will. Ooh. So I mean, I guess the 31 hours and pooping in public nervously really pays off when you right. see Avengers and out before everyone else does. And it's like, you want like a good seat. So yep. you want like a middle, you know, seat in like the middle of the theater. And then you're going to be stuck there for 31 hours. Yeah. And then you're always going to get that asshole where like, you know, you get up to go get a bag of Twizzlers and you come back and, and some dude is just sitting in your seat mm. and you know, you're too much of, of a, of a sissy to really say anything. So now you're sitting in the front row where he yep. was sitting before. Right. So it doesn't seem like a good time to me. So no. I'll just stick to watching it at home. Oh man. But so I mean, it we're is cool. really doing I wonders cool. for AMC right now. Just talking this up. <laughs> and you did bring it up though. I, I love the videos of people showing that they do it. And mm. after like eight hours, they're like, wow, I really, I, this sucks. <laughs> I regret this so much. I, these are all movies I've seen multiple times yeah. and I'm now sitting crying in a bathroom stall at yeah. amc it's like and you know like the bo is just so bad from people oh yeah and you already long. know there's people, there's people showing up there with bo to begin with oh right oh, oh. so like <laughs> yeah 31 hours of continuous building up bo that was already there when they walked in no bueno dude i'm good with that and then you're pretty much just eating ten dollar twizzlers and like a 16 dollar large popcorn mm. for 31 hours like you're not getting like a four course turkey dinner there yeah. And even if you are, I'm not eating a turkey dinner at a movie theater. Right. I could maybe do it if it's like, you know, the really nice um, seating in AMC that some of the theaters have. Yeah. With like, yeah, like the reclining seat and all that. Yeah, maybe I could see doing it in that type of a theater because you're more spread out from people just like barely. But you are a little a good bit point. more spread out. And then you could yeah. recline it and sleep in that. And they do have like decent food. Yeah. But that's the only it's way still... I can do it in a normal theater. Nope. Overall, it's a very, it's a very cool idea. So I yeah. mean, good luck to everyone who's who's doing that. Yeah, and if you do it and you know us and your friends, we would love to talk to you about your experience. Yeah, please feel free to come on the podcast. <laughs> it's it's a hip podcast, and we're making lots of money. Yes, and um, we totally won't just talk mad shit like we are right now to you the whole time. Yes. <laughs> so jumping on to our next story, which is also relevant to this, Black Panther. Uh, finally surpassed the Avengers as the highest grossing superhero movie of all time. Which, which, that's crazy. Very awesome for them. I feel like this channel, I'm going to like always remember Black Panther very fondly because it's going to like, it coincides with the beginning of the channel, mm -hmm. the beginning of the podcast. Like, mm -hmm. So I am excited for Black Panther to reach this milestone, you know? So now Black Panther is only and Brian, what'd you say was the total Black Panther earned? Like six hundred and like one hour ago, uh, according to Forbes, six hundred thirty million thirty point nine million. So right now it is only behind 
Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which is number one, which mm-hmm. earned nine hundred and thirty-six million, which that's an insane number. Yes. Followed by them is Avatar at seven hundred and sixty million, which is another insane number, and then Titanic at six hundred and fifty-nine, and then Jurassic World at six hundred and fifty-two, which is then now followed by Black Panther instead of Avengers. So good on them, man. Good for Ryan Coogler. Good for yeah. Marvel. I'm sure they needed the money. Yeah, and they're really hurting, obviously. Yeah, no, just good for Black Panther. You know, it was it was like a revolutionary movie. It was it was great for the African American community, but it's overall just fucking awesome for people that love comic book movies because it was just such a good movie. Right. So, good for Black Panther, man. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad Marvel is finally raking in the dough. <laughs> finally, finally. So, although I want to mention Titanic, that that uh, gross is really amazing when you adjust for inflation. Yeah, no, th- th- I I wonder what the inflation in. Uh, Adjusting would be like yeah. I wonder where that now. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be up there. It's got to be approaching like Avatar. I would yeah, have to assume. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So yeah, man, it's always exciting. Or I always find it exciting when a movie like breaks the records for like most, because like there's always that narrative like, or at least there was a few years ago, where it's like oh we're killing theaters by like downloading movies and stuff, and then mm-hmm. it's like no we're not like. People still want to see a movie in the theater if it's good and worth seeing in the theater. I think it really just shows how we're still in like the golden age, golden age of superhero movies, mm-hmm. which is fucking insane. Because I think superhero movies all like in the in the state we're in now, pretty much all started with uh, X Men back in mm-hmm. the day, which was like what was that two thousand? I believe it was yeah two thousand. And then that's really what started like the franchise. Obviously, we had like Batman back in the 90s and 80s and we had superman back in the 70s and 80s but superhero movies back then were nothing like they are now yeah and they're kind of goofy and we're still we're still pumping out movies that are grossing this much like which is insane because you already know that infinity war i have to imagine is going to approach black panther i i have to think that it's going to get up there uh i don't know yeah man i think i i it will depend on how good it is. Obviously, mm-hmm. it will probably it will almost certainly beat the opening record mm-hmm. of like every movie that ever mm-hmm. came out. But it's all going to depend on how good it is and how m- much people want to see it multiple times. Yeah. So yeah, we're still in the golden age of superhero movies. It's like in thirty years, superhero movies are going to be to us what like westerns were right. for our grandparents like we're gonna have like the superhero channel which is gonna be running movies 24 7 <laughs> and we're not done yet because we still have infinity war coming out this spring we have deadpool 2 mm-hmm. we have which we have like now captain marvel we have aquaman coming out this mm-hmm. year we have the much highly anticipated justice league 2 coming out eventually, eventually. maybe eventually. finally Maybe we're finally going to get a Batman series with not Ben Affleck as Batman because he just doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Rumor on the street is Jake Gyllenhaal. I fuck with that. I like yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I, awesome. I wish – I'm really sad Heath Ledger is dead now because we could get like a Brokeback Mountain reading between <laughs> him and Jake Gyllenhaal. That would be great. It would, uh, uh, Tumblr would lose it. Everybody always loves a good Joker-Batman relationship. Yeah. Oh, man. So – Moving on to our final story, which is relevant to a story we covered last week, is that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which is still not officially announced. Right. Uh, the remaster is now rumored to not have multiplayer. 
Yeah, so pretty so, much the worst nudists ever. Just like last week when I said I was fully fucking in, I am now fully fucking yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I will not be paying $25 for a game. Or what was it? What was it when it translated over to Americans? Was it like 30 or was 19? Yeah, I don't remember how that works. Uh, I'm still not paying that amount of money for a story mode that I've played like four times only like years 10 ago. years ago. Yeah, like, no, thanks. There's nothing new there. There's nothing shocking. The only thing that was appealing is that, you know, a multiplayer has infinite possibilities. Every game you play is going to be different. So, yeah, that has staying power and that would make me want to buy it. But, no, thanks. The only reason I bought the remaster for modern warfare one was because i want to play online like i wanted nostalgia playing online like i remember the full story nothing's changing about the story and i'm not gonna get it for a slight graphics upgrade and pay 20 bucks there's not gonna be any multiplayer so just like last week when i said this is call of duty's chance at redemption Mm -hmm. they're already doing fucking stupid stuff yeah you did exactly what we thought you were gonna do good job well we also have to remember these are only rumors right you know nothing has been confirmed at all that's fair uh but I don't. I find it hard to believe that rumors would just randomly come out that there's no multiplayer, mm-hmm. and now like all major news sites are now reporting on it. So, also rumors as of now, I'm still holding up hope. But if there's no multiplayer, no bueno for me, man. I'm not getting that game. Yeah, man. Much like for me, shipment was a big reason why I wanted to play Modern Warfare Remastered. I wanted to play on Rust mm-hmm. again. I wanted to experience that all over again, yep. and it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Uh, we can only just wait and see, but I mean, I, cause I'm uh, modern warfare two online. That was, that was, you know, what really, I think what really took the call of duty franchise off. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously the modern warfare remastered on PS3. I mean, I'm sorry. The modern warfare when it first came out was, mm-hmm. was big world at war was pretty big, but I think modern warfare two, I remember like almost everybody having that game. Even people that weren't really into shooters or games like that before had modern warfare two. Right. Yeah. It was such like a kind of in the way Fortnite is now. Mm-hmm. It was just like such an of the moment game. And you, you want to talk about Fortnite? I don't see, I, I don't see anything slowing Fortnite down as of now. Mm-hmm. I think a call of duty modern warfare two release would certainly threaten it, mm. but as of right now, I think I think Fortnite's safe until at least Red Dead Redemption comes out, because you're gonna get the Rockstar Online. Uh, oh my movie. God! It's gonna be Westworld on a video game. I'm so excited. I still <laughs> I still have not watched Westworld. Dylan, every I'm week now, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna find a way to bring it up. <laughs> I am now about a, a month away from Westworld season two coming out, and I have yes. not been caught up. And I've been telling myself for a year and a half I was gonna watch season season one. It's so. okay. Jenny and I watched it in a weekend, so. Like, once I'm you start there. it, you can't stop. I'm building up the courage. Right. <laughs> so, without further ado, Brian, let's get to our main event, boy. We will Woo. be returning with Superman. going to be talking everything superman right now yes that john williams score has gotten me all fired up so i am now <laughs> ready to completely go so yeah, at least on the podcast version you guys will definitely hear it youtube most likely they won't take me down for using 30 seconds but we'll see yeah we will see if you're on youtube and you just heard 30 seconds of silence <laughs> and me and brian just like coughing and farting and talking about nonsense <laughs> yeah you know that's the youtube experience that's like the premium member experience <laughs> 
So the way I, the way I kind of want to do this is so what really inspired all this is that we had Krypton coming out this week, mm-hmm. and Brian and I were trying to figure out a topic to cover this week because we wanted to get away from top fives because we've done that for the past two weeks. Yeah, we want to keep it fresh, keep it interesting, and yeah, you. I think you were the one who was like, let's watch this show. You're like, do you want to watch it? And I was like, I don't know. A CW so version of Superman, like not even real Superman. I don't know if I want to watch it. So I was intrigued by Krypton from the jump because I'm, I'm really down with anything Superman. Right. Uh, but that released this week, so I was like, hey, we've been talking about uh, reviewing American Alien. Mm-hmm. We've been – we're going to review Krypton, so why not just do a complete superhero spotlight of right. Superman? So I figured we might as well cover what's most relevant right now, which is the current state of affairs of Superman. Okay. Which is completely all fucked up. We had Man of Steel, which I thought was completely all movie. fucked up. Damn, that's, that's <laughs> the only way for me to put it. We had Man of Steel, which I thought was a good movie. Right. I was a big fan of Superman when I was a kid. I loved Smallville and all that. Mm. Man of Steel, I I I knew Christopher Nolan was producing at least. At the time, I was and a big Jonathan Zack Snyder Nolan guy. Wrote it. Yep, David Goyer, who also uh, uh, is writing and producing Krypton wrote Man of Steel and he also wrote uh, he co- helped co-wrote Dark Knight and Batman Begins mm. so obviously I was so hyped up for Man of Steel I, overall I liked it I thought it was a pretty solid because uh, Superman Returns with Brandon Ruth Ralph was one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life you didn't that like uh, bald Kevin Spacey and Cal Penn not saying one word that movie was so bad and I mean, in hindsight now, we don't want Kevin Spacey, but thinking about pre, pre-accusations pre Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. having, like, Frank Underwood Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor mm-hmm. is like a fucking home run. Right. Because can, I can't imagine someone better playing Lex Luthor, but he was almost still too goofy in that movie. And that movie was just, it was just so bad. Like, the whole purpose of that movie was pretty much them t- trying to replicate, like, a Krypton mm-hmm. on Earth. Right. And Superman was like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole movie. There was no there was no like really main bad guy. Mm-hmm. There was Lex Luthor just running around correcting crystals and we don't even get like a Superman Lex Luthor interaction until the very end. Mm-hmm. The biggest enemy to Superman in that entire movie was like earthquakes. Right. And caused his, by uh, his girlfriend being married to Cyclops. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, obviously he ends up finding out that his son he was an absentee father for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he really kept that, that, that L family line going by just being an absentee father. Yeah. He, he so, had to do it. That movie sucked, but I actually found out a little fun fact that Henry Cable, who is now the DCEU Superman mm-hmm. that we know and love was actually runner up to play Superman in Superman returns. Really? So I thank God that. for, That's thank crazy. God for him that he didn't get that because that movie was trash, mm-hmm. but a little fun, rundown of henry cable henry cable was runner-up to play james bond in casino royale but deemed too young mm-hmm. he was the runner-up or like third runner-up to play bruce wayne in batman begins right at the same time david boreanaz who honestly should have taken the role but passed and it for christian josh Day. josh jackson from the mighty ducks and dawson's creek was the secondary runner-up to play bruce wayne in that Damn. another little yeah i'm throwing a whole bunch of facts at you yeah, which is really interesting because um, I remember reading, I don't know how true it is, this is a little tangent, but I love um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, uh, two mm-hmm. of my all-time favorite shows, and the guy who plays Angel, David Boreanaz, 
was Christopher Nolan's original choice to play Bruce Wayne in that movie. And he agreed. And then he was like, oh, no, it conflicts with my show Bones, so I'm not going to do it. It's so, like, bro, Bones was a fine show, but you could have been a huge movie star. I remember way back when, when Smallville was at its peak, right before Batman Begins came out, mm -hmm. there was a rumor before Batman Begins was announced and they were going to be creating their own movie yeah. that they were going to bring Batman on to Smallville mm -hmm. once Clark was finally in Metropolis and all that. And your boy David Boreanaz was the front runner to play Bruce Wayne on that show, which I thought would have been great. Would have been he he would be a good Bruce Wayne. Not I do now; think he's so. too old now. But back then, he has he has like that suave, but he also has like the humor. Mm -hmm. uh, getting in, I mean, we'll do our own Batman episode, but like oh, the humor yeah, for Batman in the will. Justice League is humorous in itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, but sticking to Batman, uh, sticking to Superman anyway, we're getting really off track here talking yeah. about David You know, Boreanaz. it's our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, obviously, Henry Cable got the role of Superman in Man of Steel. Mm. I thought he was fantastic. I think he, he epitomizes everything that's good, that like represents Superman. Like, Literally the perfect yeah. physique for Superman, too. I thought the suit. I thought Man of Steel was good. We're doing spoilers because Man of Steel's been out for like five years, mm. so sorry, but... I thought the only thing, the only big issue I had with Man of Steel was him killing General Zod at the end, mm -hmm. and then completely destroying the entire city of Metropolis. <laughs> but uh, the only thing, uh, at the end, like the saving grace for him killing General Zod is that he now has like the no kill rule. Mm -hmm. Although he killed like a hundred thousand people in Metropolis fighting around the city, we obviously now you know it happens. We obviously, I'm glad they bring that up in Batman vs Superman that like, hey, you like you just killed a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. So, yeah, I actually, I know a lot of people get mad about the conflict between them, but it worked for me in that movie. I could see where Batman was coming from. I'm not really big on Batman versus Superman, but I didn't mind the conflict. Mm -hmm. I thought the resolution to the conflict was really, really weak. Yeah, that's a whole the, other story. With like, save Martha. Yeah. And he's like, how do you know the name Martha? Yeah. And then that was pretty much how they stopped being friends. They started being friends. Yeah, like uh, so that, we just that, become that, best friends. Stupid. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. But like the whole path getting there, I'm glad they cut the realistic look that we see a lot of superhero fights in movies and they're destroying cities mm -hmm. and they're messing shit up. But they actually brought back consequences for that in the following movie for with Man of Steel. Obviously, at the very ending of Man of Steel, we have Superman dying, which I saw coming from like a mile away. It was just it was just building up because when we had Doomsday who killed Superman in the comic books, we had the whole kryptonite spear and all that. You knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end of that movie, we have the sand rising up off of his grave, which obviously like you didn't really think Superman was dead forever because you want to really talk about killing a franchise. If DC couldn't do it anymore, it would be like officially killing off Superman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after obviously, these two movies especially. Yeah, obviously you knew he was going to come back in Justice League. Another mm -hmm. spoilers, but like it's your job to keep up with these movies. Yeah, and if you like are familiar with the like comic Death and Return of Superman, it was loosely following some of those beats mm -hmm. with what was happening there. So, other than Henry Cable's like edited out mustache, which is very recognizable in Justice League, I haven't seen it yet. I'm afraid to. I was really sad that it was getting bad reviews, and I was like. I don't need to put myself through this. I so, don't need to disappoint myself. I'm at the point now where I think the DCEU is unsavable. Mm -hmm. Because, for one, we have Clark Kent, which is now officially dead in the in the DC universe. Because you 
can kill off Superman and bring him back, but you can't kill off a human, mm. the human form of Clark Kent and expect to bring him back to the public. So that's honestly probably my biggest problem with Superman right now is that they right. killed off Clark Kent, which Clark Kent is obviously half the character. Right. The whole point of Clark Kent, trying to, he's the most powerful person in the universe, but he's also having to hide as this geek. Mm-hmm. That's all done with. So like the Clark Kent storyline in the DCEU is over. There is no more Clark Kent. He's mm-hmm. dead. So Lois Lane and Clark Kent can never be together because you can't bring Clark Kent back mm-hmm. to life. And if they do, it's just going to further bring down our already failing universe. Mm-hmm. But that's my biggest problem is that I don't think they had a direction. I don't think they ever had a plan to use Clark Kent because at the very end of Man of Steel, we have him finally getting the job of the Daily Planet, mm-hmm. realizing that he has to go undercover. And we get like scenes of Clark Kent in the glasses working the Daily Planet for maybe what, like maybe 10 minutes of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, there's like one mention of him writing a story about like, was it about vigilantes or something? He's like saying know. how Batman should be locked up. Yeah, and and it's like, Perry- okay. I guess Perry White's basically like, no, just go cover like football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been working here for a month. I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> this is man, you don't you're have to. You're technically the mailboy. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is not your desk. <laughs> so, like Clark Clark Kent's dead. So that's my number one problem with the current DCEU. He's dead. He's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So eventually, we obviously get Superman back in Justice League. Sorry to spoil it for you, Brian, but I'm sure you obviously <laughs> already assumed that. Uh, I was well aware, and I was it's like, man, were they trying to keep this a secret? Because the CGI mustache thing was a big story before the movie came out. And I just... Justice League is a bad movie. It's it's, Justice League is the better of between Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. It's a better movie. Right. But I just... I don't know. Like, they're really just basing it. They're going all in on this whole, on the Justice League storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think they're any longer paying attention to the individual storyline of, like, Superman and Batman. Right. I think the Batman of the DCEU is officially just what's going on with Ben Affleck. Like, he's old. Mm-hmm. Robin's dead. I don't think we're ever going to get an answer for, like, the backstoryline of, of Joker and Harley Quinn killing Robin. We obviously yeah. get. Which is so quick, disappointing. We get a click quick glimpse in suicide squad that Harley Quinn assisted in the killing of Robin. Like when we're doing the running down, like they're a rap sheet. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting a whole backstory of that. And then, I mean, I think we're eventually, we're getting an Aquaman movie this year, but like they have to do that out of obligation that we need individual movies for these people. Mm-hmm. Out of obligation to that one scene from justice league where Jason Momoa is shirtless that shook the internet. Yep. They needed to make a feature length film of that. And I don't I really there's no I don't know what their direction going forward with the DCEU is, especially with Superman. Because Superman I guess it's just Superman now. Mm-hmm. Like he can he can't put on regular plain clothes. He just has to sit in his super suit all day and then like go chill at the Fortress of Solitude whenever he's not needed. Mm-hmm. Like he can't go back to have a job. Like him and Lois can't go out on a date or anything like that. Can he just hey, uh, like instead of being Clark Kent, can he just pretend he's like a jacked frat bro now that could be a secret identity (laughs) don't put anything past like Zack Snyder and these these fuck the team at DC at the with the DCEU right now like don't rule anything out (laughs) so in terms of the DCEU current state of affairs it's all fucked up because it like yeah we have Superman back now Clark Kent's like officially dead dead you Mm -hmm. can't bring him back and if you do bring him back then like I said it's just stupid Mm -hmm. but I think things like Krypton and which I did find out that Krypton is now not part of that universe. Right. 
by itself, which I originally did think it was part of that universe, but mm-hmm. as of right now, it's officially not. Um, I think that Superman should really be utilized in other things now outside of the DCEU. We had one of my all-time favorite shows in Smallville, mm-hmm. which told the period of Superman's life pretty much when he's coming into his powers as a teenager through his high school life and through his early life as mm-hmm. Superman in Metropolis. Right. I love that part of Superman because it really shows because Clark Kent is just as much Superman as Superman is Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Like that's half the battle is that we have somebody, a regular farm kid trying to play it off. Like he's a regular farm kid that he has all these superpowers. He's living in a farm town where because of him, because of all the, the meteor shower that brought him here, all these strange things are happening mm-hmm. and it shows him trying to cope and deal with that while all the same trying to be Clark Kent. Right. We don't have that with the DCU anymore because there is no more conflict between Clark and Superman because Clark Kent's dead. Mm-hmm. And we had the Lois of Clark TV show, which I didn't watch, but I actually heard it was pretty decent. Oh, I don't think I've even heard of this before. Where you utilize Lois and Clark, uh, uh, um, Dean Cain is Superman, and uh, oh, yeah, 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 I have heard of what, this. And what their name is Lois Lane from Desperate Housewives. I completely forgot. I'm drawing and playing on her name right now. Yeah. Uh, that was like the 90s show. You've probably seen it on like TNT a few times. Mm-hmm. But at the same point with that show, they're utilizing the story between Clark and Superman, Clark and Superman, mm-hmm. Lois and Clark. But the DCEU, and I, I know I keep repeating myself, but that's not there anymore. And I, that's really the big problem with DCEU is that they didn't take time to really establish these characters like what Marvel did. Mm-hmm. We should have got maybe one or two Superman movies after Man of Steel before they started jumping into Justice League. We should have probably got a Batman solo movie with him actually showing what happened with the Joker and all that shit before we got Justice League. We did get the Wonder Woman movie before Justice League, which was fucking awesome. Mm. And then now we're getting Aquaman and we're eventually getting like a Flash movie in like 2021. Right. If they can ever get people to stay directing it. So you want to talk about like the absolute cash grab? It's everything going on DCU right now. Mm. And like I said, they took a really, really good Superman movie with Man of Steel. And pretty much tore down everything they were building with it, building with Clark Kent and all that, mm. just to get this DC universe fully going to try to compete with Marvel, which obviously we now know is not even like close to competing with Marvel. And even in terms of money made and just quality of the movie, they're not. They're, they're, I don't think that they'll ever be there in terms of just the mess that Zack Snyder has created with all this. Right. So that's kind of like my current state of affairs rant. But if we want to kind of touch up on like the history of Superman. So the character of Superman was created by writer Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, mm-hmm. who were high school students at the time living in Cleveland, Ohio in 1933. So that shows how just how old Superman is. Right. So they're high school kids, and they created this character called Superman. And they eventually sold Superman to the Detective Comics, mm-hmm. which I believe were already featuring Batman back then. Right. A very ugly Batman. <laughs> In 1938. So Superman's really, really old, which I think kind of plays into his all-American point of view, I guess you could say. Yeah, like similarly with Captain America, they're very of-a-time heroes. Yes. And the fact that this character, it it really shows the comic books too, how maybe ahead of their time a lot of these comic book characters were. Mm -hmm. The fact that Superman has stood the test of time for nearly 80 years going on now mm. uh almost 80 years exactly pretty impressive yeah and i think he's um if you like where to go to 
any place in public and just be like, hey, name a superhero to some random person, there's a really good chance they're just going to say Superman. How often do you see like a Superman tattoo yeah. or like someone wearing like a Superman t-shirt out there? Right. And it could even be people that aren't even that into Superman. Superman is just a very recognizable logo, mm. almost like the New York Yankees or something like that, where no, it's yeah, just everywhere. No doubt, no doubt. So the origin story of Superman relates that he was born Kal-El on the planet Krypton before mm-hmm. being rocketed to Earth as an infant by his scientist father, Jor-El, moments before Krypton's destruction. Mm-hmm. That's... That's something that has never changed in any Superman storyline ever, nor should it. No, it's a very Superman, important um, important part of the the lore of Superman. Superman comes from Krypton. His planet's destroyed. He's sent by his father, the scientist. Hmm. Discovered and adopted by a farm couple from Kansas, the child is raised as Clark Kent and embogged in story a strong moral compass. Early in his childhood, he displays various superhuman abilities, which upon returning, reaching maturity, he resolves to use for the benefit of humanity through a Superman identity. Mm. And then this is really where a lot of storylines start changing. But obviously what really makes Superman and what ends up happening with a lot of superheroes is that his father ends up dying of a heart attack. Mm. One of my favorite spins on it was in Smallville where his father ended up using having to use superhero like superhuman abilities to help bring a red kryptonite Clark Kent back from Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And in turn, those a regular person having those abilities ended up taking a toll on his heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up killing him later on in the series, which obviously ended up making Clark realize there was consequences for his actions. And then mm-hmm. he ended up needing to be a better person and be who he wanted his father to be. In turns, he becomes Superman, who is a very like wholesome superhero. He doesn't want to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. In the DCEU, we get something similar where Clark doesn't want to be uh, – Jonathan doesn't want Clark to be exposed. Yeah. So we have that whole tornado scene. Obviously, Clark could have went and just saved his father, mm-hmm. but he didn't. His father told him not to because that just showed how much his parents did not want him to be singled out and made a lab rat. Mm-hmm. So these story, the stories of, of Clark's Kent is really that he was – he was a Kryptonian, but he was a human. He was raised by humans. He was a human boy. He had human morals. Mm. And his parents did, knew what was going to end up becoming him. He was going to be made into a super weapon by the government or something like that. Mm. Uh, which, which is one of the. Definitely if he was a kid and got captured. But, you know, at the point where he's an adult, I think they do a good job in Man of Steel when they have him, like, in handcuffs and he just, like, literally just, like, moves his arms apart, like, not even hard, just, like, casually and breaks the handcuffs. It's like, you guys, you can't control Superman at this point. Which which really shows that, which is a lot of the conflict with Superman. Mm-hmm. It's also a lot of the things that people have a problem with Superman. Like, as I hear a lot of people say, oh, Superman's stupid. He can't be stopped. The thing about Superman is that exactly, he can't be stopped, but he chooses to keep himself contained and he chooses to do mm-hmm. everything for good because yeah. he knows the second he gets out of bounds, he can, he can take over the world. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think... The conflict with Superman isn't necessarily to someone have, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name of the substance, the rock, crypto, kryptonite. Kryptonite, thank you. Does someone have kryptonite and can stop them? That's not necessarily the conflict. The conflict is more an inner um, conflict with like greed and power and doing the right thing, you know? And- Which we have, we have seen in... 
a lot of movies and TV shows that kryptonite is just pretty much like available at the ready. Yeah. So Superman can be killed and brought down easily. I, I did like the story in the DCEU that Batman was basically like mining and using kryptonite mm. to be able to, to take him down. Yeah, at the some same pretty event, ingenious ways to like blasting him with that smoke and then making the spear, you know, yep. it's it cool. It's, in Smallville, too, there's kryptonite all over Smallville because it came down with him in the meteor meteor shower. Mm. So people literally have kryptonite at the ready in Smallville whenever they need to use it against Clark. And whenever he steps out of line. <laughs> pretty much. Like, some of his friends keep it because they know he's going to step out of line because with the rep kryptonite, that obviously turns him into, like, a bad version mm. of himself. Right. Superman, Superman's not unkillable, especially right. especially in the comic books and the movies. There's so much fucking kryptonite around everywhere that pretty much everybody has kryptonite. Right. Yeah. But... I, 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 that's why it really pisses me off when people say that Superman's a shitty character because he's unstoppable. Which at the same point, then technically so wouldn't like Thor be a shitty character, but he's mm-hmm. not because there's still conflict with people like this. Mm-hmm. Where Clark is trying to blend in as a regular human being. He's trying to do everything that's right. But at the same time, there's a lot of fucking people that push him. Which mm-hmm. I really love that scene in Man of Steel where the guy's being a complete asshole to him. He throws like the can at his head and all that in the mm-hmm. restaurant. Right. And instead of punching him through the wall because he knew that was A, going to be wrong and he was mm-hmm. going to expose himself, he completely just wraps this guy's fucking track, the trailer around yeah. his telephone pole. That like that, weird. like that, that I, I love that. And it shows the fact that he's, he's a normal person. Mm-hmm. He's just trying really, really hard to stay normal and not starts throwing people through walls and shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what really has intrigued me a lot about Superman. Yeah. And like, when these when people say oh there's like no consequence because he's hard to beat it's like sometimes yeah but like the real like compelling part is like and same thing with Thor you know the people around him are going to be the people that he can't save all the time mm-hmm. and then it's like a real conflict of like you know he's the most powerful being in the universe but he can't save everyone so. With Superman and with every other superhero, we obviously have their arch nemesis, mm-hmm. which everyone knows Superman's arch nemesis is Lex Luthor. Yep, just a rich guy. Unfortunately, <laughs> for unfortunately for a lot of the movies, they have got Lex Luthor very, very wrong. <laughs> we had the older superhero movies where Lex Luthor was kind of a goofball, but that was kind of just going with the time, though. Yep. That just like a crazy goofball back then was really just a very scary person. Mm-hmm. And then we had, what's his name, as Lex Luthor in the current DCEU. Jesse uh, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Playing I don't Max know. Landis, playing Lex Luthor. He pretty much, I don't know where they were going with that Lex Luthor. Did, yeah. not, did not really move the needle for me at all. Mm. And then we get him shaved head at the very ending, which I'm fine with Lex Luthor having hair at one point, because obviously Lex Luthor had hair at one right, point in his right, life. Right. Uh, we get him shaving his head at the very end, and then we get a little sneak peek at Lex Luthor along with Deathstroke at the very, very ending of Justice League mm. with them forming like the Legion of Doom at the very end of Justice League, which that was like one of the coolest parts about that entire movie is that we finally see Deathstroke in a live-action film, and then we also see Lex Luthor in like his purple suit with like mm-hmm. completely shaved head. And normally I associate Lex Luthor as like relatively like jacked, like pretty big. Mm-hmm. Jesse Eisberg, not that. No, no he's not. <laughs> but what am I in it, to me it's not even a question. My hands down favorite portrayal of Lex Luthor is Michael Rosenbaum in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Played him perfectly. The whole situation between Clark and Lex and that is that they eventually start out as friends. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor runs Clark over with a car. 
and when, during the accident, Lex Wait, doesn't understand what happened. No, no, no. no. So All they're right. driving on a road, and Lex's car goes out of control, and Clark's on a bridge, and he hits Clark, and he, but he blacks out after the accident, mm-hmm. and but he remembers hitting Clark, and which kind of spins off the whole fantastic Smallville saga between Clark and Lex, mm-hmm. is that Clark just wants to be Lex's friend. And Lex wants to be Clark's friend. But in the back of Lex's mind, he doesn't understand, A, how he survived that car accident Mm. and how the kid that he thought he hit before he blacked out saved him. So the entire series of Smallville is basically the conflict that Lex and Clark are like fantastic friends. Like I said, uh, Tom Welling plays a young Clark Kent perfectly. Mm. Michael Rosenbaum plays a young Lex Luthor perfectly. Mm. The entire thing comes boiling down that Lex Luthor can't shake the fact that he doesn't understand how this kid survived this car accident, saved him, and all this other weird shit going around him in Smallville. It eventually drives Lex Luthor mad that he's obsessed with this kid Clark Kent, and he knows there's something different about him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, eventually find, like realizes he's the Superman. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of different stuff in the movies. In the movies, it's pretty much like Lex Luthor's just a madman, and he doesn't want Superman having these powers, right. which is Fine with me. I'm fine with all that, that the storyline. But Smallville, I think, definitely got that Lex Luthor 100% right. Mm-hmm. He's evil. He is probably like a sociopath. He's condescending. But at the same time, he's a rich kid who had an abnormal life just like the alien kid. And he's trying to be friends with this alien kid. But he can't shake the fact that this alien kid is lying to him about his alien superpowers and eventually like overcomes Lex. So mm-hmm. the Lex Luthor in Smallville is hands down my favorite Lex Luthor. That's really the only Lex Luthor I think they ever have gotten right. Mm-hmm. The only other Lex Luthor I can think of that really was pretty good was like the Superman animated show. Do you remember that one? Yes, from way back in the day. Like that Lex Luthor in that one, same thing. He's like a dark, he's like an actual villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Lex Luthor is one of my favorite supervillains behind probably like the Joker mm-hmm. and, uh, and Thanos and Marvel. Right. So – I was glad to see that Smallville, which is one of my favorite shows, really got the Lex Luthor right. But that's also one of the biggest problems with Superman and these, in, especially now in the DCEU and in the older Superman movies, is that Lex Luthor was like kind of like a goofball, mm-hmm. which I don't want that with the strongest superhero out there having a goofball arch arch nemesis. Right. Um, and then Lex Luthor sometimes is a giant robot suit. Yep. Um, I don't know if we wanted to go into that at all. I mean, I guess you kind of need that to fight Superman. Mm. And he, like I said, Kryptonite's kind of at the ready. Lex Luthor apparently can just get the Kryptonite whatever he wants. Mm. So, overall, so, yeah. I'm a big fan of Lex. I'm a big fan of Lex Luthor, just not in any of these movies. Right. Have you um, ever played DC Universe Online? I, I, I did, like, vaguely. I, I remember, I think when it was free, I gave it a download. Right. Um, the opening cinematic is one of like the best superhero things ever. That when they're in space and all that. With, yeah, and they're like yeah. showing you know Lex defeating super Superman and killing him and yep. killing like all the Justice League, and then right when he's like wins and he finally accomplishes everything, Brainiac shows up. Yep. Yeah. Like, no, oh, we need the heroes. Like, the tough. Oh, that was so good. It's funny you bring that up, too, because that's another thing I wanted to mention about Superman is that we really can't ever get, like, an actual good Superman game. Mm-hmm. We obviously, for Batman, have, like, the Arkham Knight Ooh, series. Yeah. Uh, one of the best video games ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something about Superman, I think this kind of ties into why maybe people hate him, mm-hmm. is it's tough to have a video game where you have someone as powerful as Superman and then try to, like, m- make a lot of uh, – what's the word? Have a lot of consequences mm-hmm. for him, like – you could be flying around a city and just like start. Do you remember the superhero? Did you play the Superman Returns video game? 
no for like the PS3 and 360. So that that game, yeah, th- th- I think it was actually PS2 and like 360. Oh my god, Jesus that game that game was like really shitty, just like the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had like basically Superman just running around, and like you just have everyone just conveniently having kryptonite. That's right. the tough thing with Superman, especially in video games. Yeah, is it's that tough to make a game of it. You have to find like common ground to why these people can take on Superman, mm. but at the same time, you can't have everybody just say, "Hey, we've got kryptonite. We have kryptonite bullets. We have kryptonite bombs. We have kryptonite mm-hmm. gas." Like, oh, yeah. you know, we can take on Superman. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I don't think we'll ever get a good Superman game mm-hmm. unless somebody figures out something. Which but there's a lot of people that are smarter than I that can probably figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, I mean, but I ha- feel like if a big company was 100% committed to the idea, we could get something good. But it's like. would would someone put all that effort into it, you know? There was some rumors that Rocksteady was going to take on Superman once they they ended Arkham Knight. Ooh, that would have been interesting, if nothing else. uh, Unfortunately, I think the rumors came out now that they're not doing a Superman game, but rumor has it that they're doing an Arkham, a Batman Beyond game. Mm -hmm. Based on the um, show? Yep. So I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, Because you also, you ended up getting one of the the DLCs for the Arkham Knight was that you get like a Batman Beyond suit, which was badass. Yeah, and can so we just lot- talk about for a second, Tangent, how incredible the customization was. You could have any Batman you wanted in that game series. Like any, literally any type. You could have his old suit. You could have the suit from Batman versus Superman. You could have any um, the dark, version you of get the, the Batmobile. Dark like, yep. oh, so good. Sorry, I and, just, I'm a big No, fan. that's okay, but that kind of ties in too because a lot of the rumors with that game was that Superman was at some point going to come in in Arkham Knight and save the day. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we never got it. But if there's anybody that I think can get a Superman game right, it's going to be Rocksteady. Yeah. Night, oh man, done. You're just bringing so, this up. I think I'm going to have to stream some um, Arkham City. I know, if you need me to, you need to excuse yourself for a second. <laughs> yeah, <free>. really, really. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so that, that kind of ends our little, like, current state of affairs with Superman and our ramblings. Mm. If uh, you're still listening, Grandma, thanks for sticking around. Yes, we appreciate so, it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our review of Krypton. show came out this week on sci-fi called krypton Indeed which i'm interested by like the overall premise but like the story they're going with i'm like really iffy on mm. but basically krypton takes place 200 years before man of steel mm. uh and like we said david goyer writes and produces krypton who also wrote man of steel and mm. is involved with Batman superman and all that apparently it's not connected as of right now in this universe right i ended up watching a after the show like extras and all that and they're saying that they're setting it up so they can at any point tie in the actual superman universe mm. i'm down with that but basically this story takes place 200 years before man of steel and it follows superman's grandfather sieg l and he as he fights for justice on his home planet mm. So, I think the premise premise is a little more than that. So basically, we're getting Seagull, Superman's grandfather, two hundred years before. We're getting the Zods involved. We're getting like it's almost like a dystopian Krypton, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. 
Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like things are really that great there right now. Because the the whole idea behind Krypton is it the planet dies, right? And that's why mm. they have to jettison him off. And it's kind of like showing, like, oh, yeah, this is a dying planet. Like, even 200 years before, there's some serious w- problems happening here. I will say, when we got a glimpse of Krypton at the very beginning of Man of Steel, like, that first, like, 15 minutes, mm. I thought it was great. I thought mm. that whole – and I said from then on, I was like, they can do, like, a whole TV show of this, mm. of this Krypton, like, pre-Superman. I think I think it would be fucking great. Mm. The premise of this one basically is that Superman sends back, I believe his name is Adam Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character that's involved in DC Comics that I'm not really quite familiar with. Sends him back to say, hey, Brainiac's coming back to destroy everything involved with Superman. You need to prevent this so your grandson is born and save the universe and save the world. And Seagal is kind of like, okay. like I don't. <laughs> He's like, okay. What? I was really happy, too, because when they first introduce Adam Strange, he's wearing Earth clothes. And I was like, man, this show is kind of shitty. Like, they didn't even, like, make, like, clothes for this show. And I was like, oh, he's from Earth, okay. So, uh, I think we're just going to do spoilers now, because I'm not sure a lot of people are going to watch this anyway, so Mm. we might as well just do spoilers for the first episode. So, once Adam Strange pops in, and he's you see him in the beginning of the episode, and he's kind of following around uh, Sieg through the about halfway through the episode mm. and they finally meet and he's wearing a Detroit Tigers hat yes. and because he wants to blend in obviously Seagal goes is that like your house sigil because obviously like that's all the things they use he goes no man like come on it's Detroit Tigers <laughs> saying like this fucking guy from 200 years ago who's on a whole different universe and planet should know who the Detroit Tigers was yeah. that writing was really fucking stupid and weak and that was kind of what I was expecting to happen with this show yeah there was a lot of ups and downs for me with this episode. There's some parts that I was actually pretty intrigued, and there's some parts that I was just like, come on, like this is stupid. Yeah, no, so the we, same way. So we start at the very beginning with Val L, who was actually Sieg L's grandfather. I know, and I'm like, oh, what, Barrison Selmy's in this show? Sir, Sir Barrison <laughs> Selmy basically being led to his death because he is going against like the council saying that there's life on other planets, mm. and we need to be able to defend ourselves. Basically, the council saying, like, no, you're a crazy old man and you're committing te- uh, treason by saying this. So we're going to execute Where you. have we seen a similar situation to this? Yeah. <laughs> Krypton like, will never Poor Barrison. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking Lannisters. Yeah. Poor, poor Barrison Selmy, the, 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 sons of the sons of the harpy. It's mm. very sad. But that, we'll say that for the Game of Thrones podcast. Yes. Anyway, so eventually he gets walked off like a literal plank, like mm. on this planet. Just like a long-ass plank. He dies. I honestly thought the whole time he was going to be a main character in this show. In the previews for next week, I'm glad to see that he comes back almost like like Jarrell did. He's almost like a vision, like a projection to help Seagull mm. go on. Uh, but he dies right away. And I honestly, at first, I thought they were sending him to the Phantom Zone, which right. I would have thought maybe later down the road they'll obviously try to save him and bring him back. So he actually dies. And then... Basically, you're left with the L's, House L, which is obviously you have Kal-El and Jor-El. Mm-hmm. Seagull and his house is now disbanded, so Sieg is just Sieg now. Yeah. And we jump forward like 14 years, and Sieg, who is Superman's grandfather, is kind of the main character. And he's kind of like he's kind of like a little scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Like he's taking, starting fights, and he's like keeping the fight going for as long as possible so they can win money and take bets and things like that. His family is no longer has like the distinction of like a higher class family. They kind of live in like the slums. Yeah. 
thanks to the act of his grandfather who was just trying to do what's good. Hmm. So we eventually got a glimpse of the Zod family. Uh, Lita Zod, who she was actually in one of my favorite episodes of Black Mirror this year called Hang the DJ, mm -hmm. the one that was all about like dating multiple people so you can find your perfect connection. Right. She plays Lita Zod, who you end up finding out that her and Sieg ended up having like this romantic relationship, mm. which is just kind of crazy because obviously you know that yeah, General Zod enemies. Like, yeah. Zod, elves are like sworn enemies. Mm. Um, and we get into how the Zods are like this military family. Her mother is basically like the general of Krypton, I think is what they're getting at. Mm. So we already have like the Zod background. I did kind of like that and like how we have a Zod and L like connection. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously things go on later in the later in the episode where Mother Zod shoots and kills both of Seagull's parents. Mm. Who, by the way, I thought his dad was like a huge pussy. <laughs> Up, up until up until the very end, where his dad like sacrificed himself for his son, mm -hmm. I didn't know he had a dad. Like, <laughs> like so. So the thing happens with his grandfather in the beginning, and I don't think his dad is anywhere to be seen. And then obviously we catch on later that his dad is who his grandfather is. Sebastian, his father is Sebastian Selmy. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of just like the bitch of like the guy that is running like the uh, the council. Mm -hmm. And so. Eventually, when Adam Strange comes, he gives Sieg this little, like, the the, the Superman, like, Krypton, Krypton key that we see in Man of Steel mm -hmm. that helps it, pushes it into, like, the, uh, where it fits, like, a peg, and he pushes it in, and it just activates everything Krypton. Eventually, they discover when they get this that they can use it to open up his grandfather's forges of solitude. I didn't mind that whole point, because I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, eventually, his parents... And all that, yeah. Eventually, his parents end up sacrificing themselves for their son because they were being questioned of why they were – where the Forge of Solitude was. They're refusing to give it up. So they eventually die, blah, 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 blah. That's pretty much the entire episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian, I give this like a C, I think we said earlier. Yeah, I don't I, think it's as bad as some people are saying it is. I yeah. think it has like a 7.3 in IMDb, which I think is actually very fair. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued enough to keep watching. I'm just not holding up high hopes. And yeah, it definitely bought my attention at least for another episode. Mm -hmm. And we'll see so what I, happens after that. I'll be tuning in episode two. I think it's, I think it's for like the big super, Superman fans, if you haven't watched yet, I think it's worth a chance because it's still pretty cool to see like Krypton, like a dystopian past Krypton. Um, it's I, shockingly the special effects in it are actually really good. Really good, yeah. It's like For really competently done. Sci-fi TV show. I thought it was the the special effects are like the best part about the show so mm. far. Um, I thought the writing is meh. You know, it's right. it's n definitely nothing special. It's sometimes like campy at times. It has like just really stupid lines, like the whole Detroit Tigers thing. Mm. Um, but it, I'm intrigued enough to keep watching. Mainly because I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Brainiac. Because Brainiac looks pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy, there was a part when he's talking to his parents about Adam Strange. He's like, he comes from another planet called Detroit. Called Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, I laughed. I was like, all right, that's pretty funny. So there's some pieces there where I can see this being a good show. Like this is going to be like on Game of Thrones Soprano level, but it's a good like little, especially this time where a lot of shows are ending for the summer. It's going to be a nice little like gap filler. And it's, mm. It's cool to see it on the show featuring Superman. Like, I didn't really have any interest in Supergirl. Um, Arrow and Flash kind of, like, went off the rails. Obviously, they don't involve Superman. So I'm excited to see this, and I have a feeling that there are eventually going to be some time travel where we're going to see Seagull with Superman at some point. I really think that, I think that that has to happen. Yeah, do you think it will be the um, 
like an independent storyline or do you think it'll be yeah. connected to the films or even no, the TV shows? I think as of right now, it's deemed independent. Mm-hmm. It's an continuity from the movie universe. Right. So I wouldn't be shocked if we get like a different person playing Superman. So yeah, kind of like I in, guess we'll uh, see. But yeah, Brian, Supergirl, I think overall where they show like some random dude. Yeah. Superman. Yep. Yep. So, so I'm sticking, I'm sticking with my C. I'm going to give it like a C and I C minus for C plus. I'm going to give it a C. Gotcha. Sorry, I had it unmuted. All right. So, yeah, no, I definitely, I think a C is fair. I think it's a decent show. I think that it has potential. The special effects are great. It's a really competently done TV show for what it's trying to do. I was concerned when I found out it was on the Sci-Fi channel. Because um, I used to watch Sci-Fi a lot when I was younger for, like, the shitty Sci-Fi original movies. So, yeah. like, that's all, uh, that's my frame of reference for the channel. So yeah. when it was like sci-fi, I was like, "Oh boy." Yeah. Okay, but it was it didn't have any problems so far as that. No, the special effects were great. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll I'll check out episode two to see where it goes. So that's our review of Krypton. Uh, we will be right back where we finish up the show and we review American Alien. All right, we are back, uh, Brian. I. Cannot get enough of that Smallville theme song. That's like one of my. I think that might be my all-time favorite show opener. Right, I should check that show out because a lot of people love it, and I still haven't. Really should. It. It's the complete uh, series on Hulu right now, too. Oh, so really? make sure you check. All right. So today we are going to be wrapping up the show, reviewing Superman: American Alien, which is a graphic novel written by Max Landis. Who yeah. Max Landis, you will know from writing Chronicle. Hmm. And Bright on Netflix. Yep. You and also one of, know of uh, my favorite movies, American Ultra. Yep, American Ultra. Uh, you also may know him for some of the wrong reasons right now for some of these <laughs> yeah, sexual yeah. harassment allegations. Um, but he did write a comic book, and there is a shitload of artists on this, mm. which is kind of why I talked Brian into reading it to appreciate it for the artistry and for the story. Yeah. So the wrap of this comic book, it basically covers seven points of Superman's life, pre-Supermanhood that makes him Superman. Mm-hmm. Kind of like little vignettes of his uh, his life. Yes. So we start the comic book out where we have Superman as a kid. He is just now learning to fly. He doesn't know how to control it. Mm. And he is floating around his farm with his mother grasping onto his leg because she was trying to hold him down from flying away, and then now he's flying everywhere. He doesn't know how to control it. And I actually did like this part of the story because it shows, like, this little kid that's scared out of his fucking mind because he has no idea what's going on. You have two people that adopted this kid that also have no idea what's going on, and they're scared out of their mind too. But you also really see that Martha was trying to be a mother and that she loved her son. Uh, So I did like this whole part. We later jump to where we see Clark as a kid, and he's still – he's probably about 10, 11, 12. He's having conflict with himself that you know he's trying to date these girls and see these girls, but he realizes that he's an alien. He's a freak. Um, we also see that Jonathan is still a little wary of him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really know how to handle fathering an alien. And we eventually obviously see yeah, that Jonathan – Classic, classic tale. Just yes. Just don't know how to do it. And 
and eventually comes into where Jonathan embraces it and he starts really connecting to his would-be son and trying to teach him how to harness his powers, mm-hmm. uh, which I also thought was very good. And then we eventually get like a teenage high school Clark Kent uh, where this graphic novel gets a little bit darker, where we have him really coming into his powers with his laser vision and all that. Um, it eventually gets dark to where he ends up going to a drug house and murdering like two people, mm-hmm. which is this is where the story really took off for me, Brian. I know this was one of your favorite points of the comic book. I think it, yeah, I think it is my favorite part. It's it's a really dark chapter. Mm-hmm. It shows what he actually is capable of. Um, it's pretty gruesome. He pretty much just laser blasts like the shit out of a few people. It's pretty much like a meth. It's like a meth lab he goes to. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and his friend, they're trying to they're trying to really just do good, and he ends up just killing like I think like two people by blowing yeah. them up. It was, it was rather insane. In fairness, they shoot him. Yeah, he takes a shotgun blast at the chest. Yeah. And at this point, what's to explain about this graphic novel is that Superman isn't the Superman you know now. He is kind of a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. He can be hurt and he can bleed and all that. Yeah. So he takes a shotgun blast to his chest and he comes back alive. And he just, like, fucks everything up. And it's just really dark because he ends up killing two people. I mean, they are bad guys, but he ends up killing two people. Mm. Yeah, and I just like it because a lot of times Superman is presented like, oh, you know, he can't do anything wrong. He's He already knows how to be good at stuff, like controlling Mm. his powers. And then there's, like, instances in this, you know, the not being able to control his flight. And then this where he probably doesn't mean to kill anybody, but it just, like, happens yeah. Yeah. Which I liked. I thought it was cool. So we then jump ahead into the future where he is going on like a Costa Rican plane trip, I think, or something like that. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird. Exact... <laughs> Just like dropped the exact into reason it. He why won... he's on the plane. He won like a competition or something, or like a drawing. So he wins like this competition where he gets to go to Costa Rica mm. and then the chapter literally starts where they're in a like a plane's about to crash in Costa Rica. Yeah. Um, so they crash in the middle of the water and this is, this chapter is where I, my biggest conflict for this entire <laughs> book. He drops in the water and he gets to get, it's picked up by, on this boat and everybody ends up thinking that he is Bruce Wayne because apparently nobody knows what Bruce Wayne actually fully looks like. Yeah. They just like are throwing a party for him, even though he's been off. We know he's training, but they don't know where he is for like 10 years. So he's been basically training to be the Bruce Wayne has been training to be Batman. Mm-hmm. And so he drops in and it's like, Oh, Hey shit, it's Bruce Wayne. That's a pretty badass entrance dude. And he doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> and Oliver queen, who we know eventually becomes green arrow mm-hmm. is on the boat who I would assume Oliver queen would know what Bruce Wayne looks yeah, like. Because they, were like they were like childhood friends, Yeah, but he doesn't. Uh, so they all, <laughs> he starts partying like he's Bruce Wayne. Mm. Uh, we then find out that he can get drunk because he gets pretty fucking drunk. Yeah. Um, he starts making, he starts chatting it up and making it with this girl who eventually becomes Cheetah, mm. who is actually going to be played by Kristen Wiig in the yeah, upcoming Wonder exciting. Woman Two movie. Um, and then it gets even crazier because we find out that Deathstroke is there to kill Bruce Wayne, mm. hired by Lex Luthor. So Deathstroke is there. He thinks that Clark Kent is Bruce Wayne. He ends up poisoning uh, who he thought was Bruce Wayne. Mm. But because Clark is a little stronger than the average person, he is able to not get killed by the poison. He's just pretty loopy. Mm. And he ends up like flicking 
literally flicking Deathstroke into the ocean. Uh, into the ocean. Um, and it ends up all being caught on camera by both Bat. It was, it was caught on camera by Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, was caught on camera by Lex Luthor. Or, you know, I think it was just Batman because he was sent. Deathstroke was sent there by Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. So it ends yeah, up being caught on later. camera as Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, caught on camera by Batman. Um, I thought this whole chapter was really like convenient storytelling. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, hey, let's just finally mention Bruce Wayne and Oliver Queen and Cheetah and Deathstroke mm-hmm. and Luthor all in one like ridiculous little storyline. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really weak. Um, I thought at first it was like kind of cool because I wasn't sure what they were doing with it. But then I was like, okay, this is way too convenient mm-hmm. to Matt just telling this story. Right. So we eventually later on get Batman now knows that Clark Kent is a, is like a superhuman. Mm-hmm. So Batman later on attacks Clark Kent, not realizing the full extent of his strength, mm-hmm. and Clark Kent beats him and steals his cape. Right. And then so we now jump forward a little bit um, to where Clark Kent, I would say, like, what, he's like a college student, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, it's hard to say because he has the... Um, it's been a while. I don't remember if this is before or after. But when he's doing the um, journalism thing um, and he's with Oliver, is that before he gets attacked by Batman or after? That is before. Okay, so, yeah, I think he's, that was like an internship while he's in college. Yeah. And he's still in college, or college age at least. So finally in this portion we get the portion Brian's talking about, we finally got a meeting between Lex Luthor and Clark Kent. Mm. And Lex Luthor is just a fucking dick <laughs> in this is. whole thing. Uh, which, I, like I said, kind of works for Lex Luthor. So we finally got a meeting between Lex Luthor and Clark. And basically, Lex kind of just tells, like, he kind of, like, knows that Clark is Superman, I guess you could say. Or, he like, he fucking already hates Superman. So he starts talking all this shit about how Superman is just, like, this imbecile, like, weak human being. Um... We also, by the way, which I completely forgot to bring up, we get a meeting between, is it Dick Grayson and Clark Kent? Or is it Jason? Yeah, we, we, get, a, we get a meeting between uh, Dick Grayson, a young Robin, mm-hmm. who's not Robin yet, and Clark Kent early on. Right. Another like convenient storytelling. Because I'm like, well, how many of these people are going to fucking know each other before they're even Superman and Batman? Mm-hmm. So we get that meeting. And then finally we get the confrontation between batman and clark where clark ends up beating batman and taking his cape Mm -hmm. which leads into the next chapter we're talking about where clark is now finally taking on the persona of a superhero Mm -hmm. in 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 metropolis and he's actually using batman's cape which i did think that part was pretty cool he's using the cape that he stole from batman so he actually has like a batman type look to him at first because he's wearing like aviator goggles he has the bat cape on. He has like a black shirt with the S with a white S on his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up fighting Doomsday in this chapter, which I thought this was the other really weak part of this entire story is that we completely get Doomsday, and Doomsday is like not that powerful at all. They end up fighting in a mall, right? Uh, and he ends up. I don't think he's fully Doomsday yet because he ends up turning back to a human. Mm-hmm. Just. Another, like, I just, I wasn't fully, like, sold on this. I was, like I said, just another convenient thing that he's fighting Doomsday before he's even Superman. And I don't know. I just, 
it's kind of like the theme with this whole comic book that I just thought it was just the Madeline just threw in a lot of things there just to be there. Because mm-hmm. um, like we we eventually get like Clark gets older and he's finally turning into Superman. He's wearing the Superman cape and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and his friends from Smallville come to see him. They're all like late, like just graduated college. Um, and like his friend is pretty much pissed that he is being Superman. He's like, hey, man, it's too dangerous. And they kind of get into like this little like hissy fit like fight, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually later on, what I really want to touch up on is the final chapter, right? If that's cool with you, yeah. Uh, we get to the final chapter, and it is what is supposed to be like the penultimate. Like this is what makes Superman Superman. We get a fight between him and one of the more ridiculous characters I've ever experienced. Uh, yeah. Have you looked into this character much before this? Because he is a ridiculous no. character. His name is like El Chapo or El Nino or whatever this dude's name is. He's like he's like a ridiculous guy riding a motorcycle. Well, it, was, it was a Lobo, right? A Lobo, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, he ends up he, they end up he ends up almost killing Superman. Eventually, mm. Clark wins. But this is supposed to be like, oh my god, like he's our savior. Mm. And I thought the whole thing was really like a cheap fight. Like I thought this was really nothing special. And I almost didn't believe it when the story ended at this. I was like, well, is there like did I lose pages? Because right. I couldn't believe that it was over. Yeah, so Lobo, just a little backstory, is kind of like DC's answer to Deadpool. Yep. Like, just a ridiculous, like, violent character. And that's who Max Landis decided to uh, put as the ultimate villain. So this is, like, the final stage that makes makes Superman Superman. Lois ends up finding out that he's Superman. Mm. Um, And they're basically just like, hey, I love you, you know, let's let's be Superman and Lois. That's literally how it ends. He defeats Lobo who was there to destroy the world, but like there was no, they didn't explain why Lobo was there to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I was really disappointed with this comic book. Right. I want to just correct, according to Wikipedia, he's actually inspired by Cable, Wolverine, and Punisher, not by Deadpool. So okay. my, my apologies on that one. I can, I can see Punisher and like Wolverine and all that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, I give this, I give this like a like another like C plus. Mm-hmm. Like I went, I went into this with some really high expectations because they do get into some cool stuff. Like he, he's like he eventually like you find out that the Lantern Corps are recruiting him, mm-hmm. which I didn't think that was convenient story. I thought that was actually pretty cool because the, right. that would be something they would do because they recognize like the, the superhuman. Imagine um, him with a lantern ring. I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was <laughs> like a cool thing that they could have did. Mm-hmm. Uh, just overall though, I thought there was just like, this is like seven stories that Max Landis just kind of made up on the spot. I feel like yeah, it's a little fan fiction. The early, this is the definition of fan fiction. <laughs> the, the, the earlier stages where like he's learned as a boy, he's trying to embrace his abilities as this little kid who is scared out of his mind. I mean, the whole thing where he's flying and his mom's holding on to him and his mom could die because he has no idea how to control it. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. And then really it's almost after after the whole meth lab explosion where he kills two people, mm-hmm. it really, I really thought it just went downhill from there. It was starting at Bruce Wayne's boat. It was just, I was just, I was reading it and I was kind of just rolling my eyes the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, overall I was actually really disappointed by this cause this was hyped up by more people than just you. It was hyped up. Like when I looked at it on Amazon, people were saying, Oh, this is like a top five Superman comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, I don't see it. So I'm sticking to like my C plus. I was hoping this was going to end up being like an A. I think overall it's an interesting idea to have seven stories that make him Superman. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy the seven stories. Right. I'd say it's like a B minus for me. 
C plus range. Um, yep. It was definitely when I um, first heard of it. I was really big into Max Landis before yep. certain things yep. happened, and uh, so I was like really excited for that. And then mm-hmm. I was like, eh, "You're like, it's not that good." It's overhyped. That's, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say because um, it, it gets really good reviews. I was like YouTube and reviews before I bought it, and it was getting really, really hyped up. Um, it ended up coming out like a collector's edition cover that has like him with all the other people wearing the Superman costume. Mm. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just it's it was average. I think it was an average comic book uh, with, with an interesting like interesting idea, but overall just an average execution. Right. Um, which Max, Max Landis has really like he almost goes downhill with each project he comes out with, because mm-hmm. um, he had Chronicle at first, which was obviously took off was pretty big. Um, he we had American Ultra, which had mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bright, which got fucking torn apart, which has like a twenty eight on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and then mm-hmm. now I'm not really sure like what his next projects are with his. Uh, social status in question right now yeah i don't know what's gonna happen either uh i like american ultra more than the general public Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my favorite movies but uh i can see where the complaints for him come in as a writer let let alone anything else i haven't seen bright yet but i'm I'm really hesitant to because of its reviews it's fine Uh, it's fun so yeah superman american alien by max landis uh c plus for me a b minus for brian yeah. Um, definitely, I, I'd say like give it a chance if you if you come across it. Definitely don't go out of your way to find it though. Hmm. Yeah, we can like so. rent it from a library. Might as well. So, all right, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to us ramble for about an hour and a half on Superman. Yeah, this is a long fun. One. Uh, yeah, Grandma, thanks for sticking around. If you're still there, send money. Um, but we will be back next week with more ridiculous ramblings. So we will see you guys then. Yes. Make sure you like subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, like the page on Facebook, check out all the streams, all the other videos, and we'll be back next week. See you guys.